0: Forever burned into my memory is that voice yelling to get to the line hand down. Hmm. Woo!
1: Make you cringe a little bit when you think about it.
0: Yeah, and I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Hand down. Oh man, it just it echoes in the mind forever.
1: This uh this current coaching staff, especially the head coach and the strength and conditioning coordinator. You talk about having a honeymoon period to start off, buddy and i and I think virtually everything that they've done has been awesome up to this point, but they can do no wrong right now
0: right no wrong well here's the thing though i I, I think that's true, but in Josh and I talked about this I believe on Monday, the expectations. Are going to be lofty for this football team this coming season.
1: Well, I hope so, man. Like, I, I, honest to God, like I hope that the expectations are lofty. You know why? Because the expectations have always been lofty, and you know what I say? That is healthy for a program, man. No one should ever say. No one around here better be saying. Well, you know what? It's a transition year if they go eight and four it'll be okay I'll be all right no no the standard needs to always be the same expect at the very least a big 12 championship this year because I guarantee you that's what they're expecting in those in those walls up there so don't be saying well if they win eight games this year but they show some promise that's okay in my mind that's a loser mentality no the expectation should not change one bit I think that they're going to be a better football team than last year. I think that they're going to be a better coach team than last year. I think that they're going to be a more disciplined team than they were last year. I think that they're going to be a better conditioned team than last year. So yeah. anything less than a conference championship to me, it's going to be a disappointment, man.
0: All, right. All of those points are valid, Tyler. But what is the what is the honeymoon phase? I there's going to be a point where even though everyone's excited and yeah, the expectations are high. We want to win a championship. We want to make it to the playoff, win a playoff game. Like, How long before, like if that doesn't happen, that people are starting to get upset.
1: They're going to the sec in 23. Does the playoff expand by then? It's, Normally yeah. that would be a pretty easy thing to answer, but there's so much uncertainty now with the conference move and the playoff edition that it's kind of tough to answer. But to give you an answer and not, you know, not just ride the fence here, I'd say if they're not in a playoff within three years, um, people are gonna be like, eh, all right, what's going on here?
0: Do they make the playoff next year?
1: Oh boy. Um I'll say they just miss out.
0: Just miss out? Yeah. So, what are you saying? They're a two-loss football team?
1: Well, I think they could be a one-loss football team and miss out. Let's not act like Georgia and Alabama aren't getting in the playoff next year as one-loss teams. Okay. That's that's definitely. Those two teams, you might as well, like, pencil those in, of of those two teams. All right,
0: I'll pencil them in.
1: Um, Ohio State's going to be really good next year. There's your third, and then we're talking about a Notre Dame team that brings back some some nice pieces, a Clemson team that should be better in the ACC. I, yeah, I think that they I think they just miss out.
0: So you're taking Clemson and Notre Dame over Oklahoma next year.
1: Uh, on January 19th, sure, yeah, that's fine. Boy, you hate that answer, don't you? About to rage out
0: well i I think you're only saying that. I don't think you honestly believe it. I think you're I s- don't
1: know what i I'm honest to god i I'm trying to figure out like what i I feel really good about three teams next year, okay, and I just mentioned those three teams. The hard part is
0: who are the three teams Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State? yeah, uh-huh yeah, okay,
1: and then it comes down to there's a whole there's a whole list of teams for that last spot A&M and Arkansas don't give me that one. It's mm-hmm. Oklahoma, it's I'll even throw in Baylor in there. That's fine. OU Baylor, Notre Dame Clemson are the four that I feel best about.
0: Does Notre Dame or Clemson have any really difficult non conferences?
1: Uh, Notre Dame has a cupcake next year They get to play USC in the non-conference portion of the schedule <laughs> So that's does, nice for them. Is, Was the
0: Georgia game for
1: That's Oregon it's, Georgia plays Oregon next year
0: Okay, that wasn't like a home-and-home home between them and Clemson At least not in back-to-back years e, Right, yeah Okay Well, they, right.
1: played the they played that oh, in a neutral side Oh, did they? Yeah, they played that in Charlotte this year
0: <sighs> That's so dumb We've got to get rid of that trend
1: Clemson does play at Notre Dame next year, though So there's that
0: yeah. Okay, so there's a chance that that game eliminates one of those two.
1: Uh, well, it did two years ago. So yeah, sure, fine. One thing I worry about for OU is the uh, marquee win <laughs> opportunity next year. Uh, you better hope nah, it, it, You better hope it's Baylor if it's not going to be anyone. The
0: marquee win is that's a that's a that's a fake talking point. Only used whenever they need it for a SEC team up against someone else.
1: Week schedule is a double-edged sword that's on the text line. Based on y'all's hype of them winning the Big 12 next year, we should be making the playoffs. Hype? Lose to Texas and the honeymoon is over.
0: Fair point. Fair point. But what do you mean the hype for winning the, the conference next year? That's not some unreasonable expectation. How many times have we won it since its inception, I, including dude, I, the beginning? I, whenever we were terrible, I, I lose
1: count, man. It's it's been so many times. It's it's more than like anyone else combined all the other teams. It's the like conference.
0: fourteen or fifteen out of the twenty five years. Yeah, that's not that unreasonable to expect that, considering. I think we'll. Most likely have the best quarterback in the conference next year.
1: You and I discussed that last week, and I I think that it's it maybe it's not a slam dunk, but I I I feel pretty good about that.
0: It may not be a slam dunk, but uh, he may not be the best. But you can't name someone right now that's yeah, y- you don't, can say he's going to be say, better. Well,
1: Spencer Sanders was first team all Big Twelve last year. Okay, Spencer Sanders also like single handedly lost Oklahoma State the uh, Big Twelve championship game last year. Yeah. Kendall's uh, pointing towards the left field bleachers right now. He's calling a shot. Whoa. Oklahoma will win the conference and will earn a college football playoff berth. January nineteenth, twenty 2022, keep this receipt.
0: Wow. How about that? Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't... I mean,
1: if you have such an issue with it, then just say that they're going to make the playoff next year. Go ahead. We'll We'll, we'll keep the receipt on it.
0: Well... I think they, I think they win the conference, but I still think that there's a decent chance that they're a two-loss football team. You know, uh, I don't think saying they're going to win the conference. I don't, I don't think that that is, I don't think that's an unreasonable expectation, considering that I believe the transfer portal. Has been a net benefit for the University of Oklahoma so far and has a chance to be better.
1: I don't think that you can say, I don't think that you can be optimistic about the hires that OU has made this offseason and yet still think it's too big of an ask to win the Big 12 next year. You know, like if you're optimistic about the hires that they've made this offseason and if you think that it's an improvement and if you like Brent Venables as the head coach, then. I mean, the Big 12's not only in, in your grasp, it's, again, it's the expectation. Like,
0: yes, to win that thing. I, I, it's less about the University of Oklahoma and more about the rest of the conference.
1: Exactly. I'm not, we're not asking them to go win the SEC. I'm,
0: tr- I'm looking at Baylor's schedule next year. Um, they open up the season at BYU they're at Iowa State, which isn't what it used to be, at West Virginia, at Tech, at OU, and at Texas, which, you know, at OU and at Texas is, is you know, a, a tough little stretch. And both of those games are in Texas, the last game of the year. Um, November, November for them is going to be tough. At OU, I think Kansas State has a chance to be uh, a good football team next year. TCU at home and then at Texas. So
1: remember what? I said this all last off season is like, all right, Iowa State, okay, I see you. Um, you're supposed to be really good going into this year. You're preseason top ten. Everyone thinks you're great. You got a lot of guys coming back, no doubt. But let's see how you handle expectations. Iowa State, you've never really had to handle expectations going into a season before. Let's see how you handle it. Well, we saw how they handled it this year. They weren't a very good team. Now, Baylor, at least recently, has had to handle expectations a little bit, so they're a little bit more equipped to handle them, but still, same thing with Baylor. Like, all right, a lot of people are going to be picking you preseason top ten. Let's see how you handle that going throughout an offseason. Well,
0: I don't think there'll be any difference in demeanor or approach whether they're picked as the number one team in the country or the number one hundred and one team he in the country, he looked pretty
1: mad when he got that Gatorade bath uh, after the Sugar Bowl win.
0: Mad, I'm not even convinced that he noticed. <laughs> the guy is an absolute—he's a robot, man. He is a robot. He's as
1: close to a robot as we like. Nick Saban is. I mean, yeah. seriously.
0: And he's got a really good staff. They're well coached. They're going to be good. And you know, they've—they've they've lost. See. We lost a lot of production, okay? There's no doubt about that. Oklahoma, not just recently, but over the history of the program, has an excellent track record of replacing production, replacing talent, replacing guys that graduate, go to the NFL, or go to the portal. Baylor does not have that track record at least right now you know they've they've got some guys that are are really good players like can they replace Petrie who i believe was maybe the best defensive player in the conference last know, year and one of the best in the country like, i don't think they can replace that guy just it's pretty good you know just snap your fingers and that goes for some of the backers they had and uh Abram Smith at running back maybe they can and maybe i'm underselling that but I still believe that Baylor will have a a more difficult time, but they're going to be well-coached. You know that. Sean
1: says if they win eight games next year, it's a disaster, and the honeymoon will definitely be over. Plus, the national media narrative would have been right. I love that point. Like, Don't be okay with eight wins more than anything, because I don't want to hear these national nerds being out there and saying, see – we trying to tell you it was a downgrade from Lincoln Riley. We trying to tell you that the, you know, you shouldn't have been that excited. I, I don't want to hear that crap next off season. Prove them wrong, man. Prove them wrong. We all know that o- OU is in a better shape today than they were 2 months ago. We all know that. It doesn't take the smartest OU fan out there to realize it. So, don't settle for 8 wins. Go 11 and 1 next year and prove it to everyone that we're
0: right. Right. Come on. Right, 8 wins. Yeah, it's not okay. 8 Eight wins, I I feel 100% confident saying this. Eight wins is, with the schedule that we've got next year, is an absolute disaster. Disaster.
1: Will you grow out that beard if they win eight games next year?
0: If they only win eight games next year, I will not shave my beard Whoa! for... And in, until the entire, like until the following season, dang, eight okay. games.
1: It's dude. It's not going to happen.
0: How many times have we won eight games in the last twenty something years?
1: 2014, 2009, and two thousand and five.
0: Three times over twenty years. I like my odds, especially considering our our schedule. UTEP, Kent State. Kansas, we can win those three. I guess after that Dude, I'm not you don't sure even, about it you, yeah, you
1: don't even have to like start with gimme wins on the schedule like there's, there's I there's, will
0: say this though the Nebraska it, if this year's Nebraska game taught us anything, it's that they can they can defend and if by chance they ever figure out anything offensively. That can be a dangerous football team, and they got a new offensive coordinator who's had a lot of recent success. They've had uh, an upgrade at quarterback, a guy that threw five touchdowns and 400 yards on us last season. I think that Nebraska game in Lincoln is. A dangerous. Dude, it'll it'll game. be a
1: close game. We know that. Like it, Nebraska will it's, play it close at least. Like it's it'll not be, the
0: blowout that we no, were looking at this past n- season. No
1: chance. Uh, real quick, Peyton says twelve and two with the conference win and a New Year six win. Um, Appreciate
0: that, Peyton. Which he started listening now that uh, we offered Arch Manning a a scholarship.
1: Yeah. If they win the conference, the national media will attribute it to Lincoln Riley leaving in a good spot. Lol, media a joke.
0: Uh. If they win it, the media will say, we told you whenever they hired Brent Venables, it was a great hire. Yeah. I mean, we yes, predicted this probably. all along. Which uh, reminds me, let me go back to this really quick, because someone said we're doing the same thing with Clemson that the national media is doing with Oklahoma. See if you can spot the difference for the, uh, for the 247 sports skinny whenever they're talking about the way too early CBS poll that had Oklahoma at four. 247 Sports, no program in college football has been ravaged by the transfer portal quite like the Sooners. There's not a preseason top 20 team in our eyes that will look more different than Oklahoma roster-wise next season under first-year head coach. That's why we have the Sooners ranked way outside the top 10 in our rankings. You compare that with Clemson, who um, is at number 9 on the CBS poll and 247 Sports says... Clemson is still on the short list of title contenders according to our 247 sports experts. Dabo Sweeney enters the crossroad at a program he built into a national power I mean, on the short list for title contenders compared to a team they have way outside their top ten. Hmm. That's what I'm talking about. The The two programs are are treated differently, and maybe you could say rightfully so considering that Clemson has recently won a title and I'll say, okay, but it's common out there that everyone is dismissing Venables as a hire as head coach.
1: I don't think I can live in a world where Clemson starts off as the number nine or number 10 team because you know what's going to happen. God, we gotta go forty-five and zero just to get some respect. We gotta go fifty and zero just to make the playoff. You know, in Georgia they lose three games and he'll put them in
0: us. God, we gotta beat every
1: team by fifty just to get in. God, he'll be on that again,
0: and I can't stand it. I mean, to his credit, to his point, uh, I guess his. I'm saying it's actually you. It's <laughs> that's not uh, that's not Coach Sweetie making that, but. Uh, the the so-called disaster of a season last year for Clemson, they're a 10-3 football team, yes. which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, ain't that bad. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Final hour rolls on next. Stay tuned.
1: Good stuff from Bob Stoops. He joined us yesterday. He joins us every Tuesday at 320. That's brought to you by Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. What do you think about those thoughts there from Bob? you agree that all these guys that they're bringing in right now, a defensive back from North Carolina, a DB from Wyoming and Louisville, a defensive lineman from Tulane, those aren't just depth guys. Those are guys that they're going to give a chance to win a starting job or, or not so much?
0: Um, yes. I believe in – points across the board there for coach stoops i believe the talent evaluation for a college football player is way easier than it is for a high school football player that doesn't mean that all of your transfer portal guys that you bring in are going to hit and going to start and going to be major players for you doesn't mean that but I think the, the rate of success is probably higher there. You've probably got a, a, a much better likelihood of, of hitting on something there than you do high school kid. Uh, number two, I agree that they're not just adding numbers anywhere. I think they're bringing guys in that they feel like not only feel like they can compete, but guys that they feel like meet the criteria of the kind of guy that Venables wants to bring in, he has made it abundantly clear since he took the job as head football coach at the University of Oklahoma, he wants to bring in the right guys, not just not just the highest rated, not just the you know the flashiest, the guys that fit the mindset and the the principles that they're trying to lay down here.
1: And that's that, that's great. I'm sure that they are. I, I just wonder how you do that via the portal. Because in, in recruiting, you ask their high school coach, right? I mean, pretty easy to find out what type of kid that they are. But I'm going to guess via the portal, if you're trying to get a you know a guy from Tulane, you're not going to his position coach and saying, hey, we want to snag this guy away from you guys. What kind of dude is he? What kind of locker room guy is he? So it might be a little bit more difficult to do that via the portal than it is just standard recruiting.
0: Yeah, maybe. I think you'd be surprised that, okay, if if a guy from Georgia is looking to transfer to Oklahoma, is it going to be a little bit more difficult to, to get that coach to talk about what he thinks of the player? Yeah, probably so but Wyoming I think there's a I think there's a pretty good chance that 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 coach picks up the phone and says um you know here here's my experience with him here's here's his good qualities here's his bad qualities you know I I think if a guy's leaving from from some places I think coaches can see that as a kid you know, having an opportunity maybe at a, a bigger role in a, in a place that is non-competitive with you, I think you can get some good information. Just like Coach Venables made a phone call to Lincoln Riley whenever he was offered this job and asked him, you know, give me the skinny on the job at OU and, you know, had a conversation there. So I, I think you may, you may get more out of some coaches than, than maybe you imagine.
1: What do you think Lincoln – Told uh, Brent when he called and asked about the OU job, because I'm going to guess what he said privately. A lot of what he said privately is what he would say publicly. But Brent knows how good of a job OU is. Brent was at OU longer than, than Muleshoe was. So, what do you like privately? What do you think he told him about the gig?
0: I my guess is the conversation probably centered around were they were they how how uh reluctant were they on things that you asked for whenever you were asking to maybe to have a bigger pool to pay assistance or to add a bigger recruiting staff or facility upgrades or equipment upgrades or or whatever i i think it would probably be more along that like
1: Well, I but I don't know. Well, it kind of adds up because the the off the field roles that they're adding and and some of the things that they've they've been able to do over the past month leads you to believe that there was a conversation that was that was taking place. Like, hey, like we're about to go to this new conference. I need to be on an equal level than everyone else.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that you know maybe there was a question about like is there is there something under the surface here that. I don't know about that. Maybe I'm, I'm dancing into that is going to surprise me when I show up. You know, it, it may have been a like a pretty straightforward conversation, but you know, as far as like I mean, he knows, Joe Castiglione, Joe C was was just there what over the summer looking at their facilities yep, and stuff, right? Yep, so, yep, yep, yep. There's relationship there, and obviously that goes back more than just this summer. So. Probably questions there. Maybe some questions about the roster. Maybe some questions about, well, I don't know, doubtful questions about staff that he was thinking about keeping because I I think that there was some competition for some of those guys sure. so probably not that.
1: Uh text line I live here in the land of corn huskers sooner's better win or I'll have to start doing both online church and grocery shopping. It will be unbearable. <laughs> Facepalm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I that that'd be tough. I'm I'm praying for you for sure.
0: Well, that's kind of part of the deal, but you should have you should have got everything out of it that you could. Or can between now and that moment having uh, beat them the last time around. Even though I don't think it's a win that anyone's really like bragging about.
1: No, I, I think Nebraska <laughs> fans were more excited after that game than OU fans were. Just judging by the crowd at O'Connell's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Russell Dennison will make men out of the guys that are... And then the uh, B word. Hmm, He's kind of the... You know, Schmidt is thought of as the enforcer, and he is. There's no doubt. But, like, watch out for Russell Dennison, too. That's also what I would tell those guys.
0: Right. Um, you know, I had heard very early on that he was coming. I guess I never – I haven't seen or talked to him. Is that verified that he is here?
1: I, 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 I thought that was the case. Okay. Is that wrong? I no, figured I, you would have you would have talked to him.
0: I haven't. I talked to him beforehand like as everything was unfolding and and that's what he he had said, but
1: I think a buddy of his on the text line actually said, "Oh, he's coming, baby." So I feel like that's where I got it from.
0: Yeah. I thought he was, but I I For whatever reason, I haven't seen or heard anything since then.
1: We are going to roll like Torrance Marshall over Chris Winkie next year. That would be a -hmm. heck of a roll right there. I hope so. Johnny from Tulsa, Teddy is exactly right. An equal problem to OU. Probably more difficult to get information about a portal guy, but lower tier programs, those position coaches want their players to be as great as they can be. And if that involves a kid transferring from Tulane or Wyoming to Oklahoma, that position coach is going to help the kid. Because at the end of the day, the position coach is also looking to move up and the kid can be a part of his resume.
0: Right. Yeah. I think I, I think some of that is true. I, I think it probably just varies. You know, college football coaches, just like any other industry that you'll see, has some some really good guys that have – their players and maybe even other other coaches best interest at heart and then there's others that don't. Right. So I think it's probably just kind of a a, you know, luck of the draw as to who who you can and can't talk to.
1: You said Jackson darts zero percent to Ole Miss earlier in the show.
0: Am I wrong already? Is it announced?
1: No, he is Uh. at BYU though today. So the expectation has been OU and Ole Miss now for a while, but I don't know, kind of interesting that he's visiting BYU today.
0: Well, that is interesting. Um, Well,
1: according to a report he is. I'm not confirming it.
0: Well, it's a close visit. Um, Maybe
1: he just wants to check out the mountains over there in Provo behind the stadium.
0: I would. Oh, nice mountains up there. Really good uh, snow skiing. Yeah. I I believe that you got to you got to figure BYU is probably somewhat in the hunt if if that's the case. They've had some recent success there at quarterback. Um they've done a pretty good job with that program. But You know, going to you're going to be going to compete against Oklahoma, maybe for a year or so, according to some people out there. I don't know.
1: What's your? it, It depends. Like, what's your end goal here? If your end goal is to play right away, then go to BYU or Ole Miss. But if your end goal is to be in a situation where you're going to get developed and have a chance to be a high pick in the NFL draft. Oklahoma's the move, man. I mean, it is. Jeff Levy's the guy that developed Matt Corral, not Lane Kiffin. Jeff right? Levy's That's here. True. And I understand that Zach Wilson just came out, just came out of BYU, but they're offensive coordinators at Baylor now, Jeff That's Grimes. Right. Kalani Sataki. yeah, he's had a nice couple of years for sure, but I don't think anyone's going to mistake him for an offensive guru.
0: It's you not know? as if there is – some really long track record of bringing brimming young, putting out top quarterbacks. There's been there's been a few here and there, but that's about it. Yeah, but it's close to home. So I mean, I when I you're know. when
1: you're evaluating the three things, uh, if you're playing like the long game, because I I think Dylan Gabriel is going to start next year, but if you're playing the long game, o, OU's the clear choice here. But even at you know, e- even with D- with Dylan Gabriel being the quarterback, that's the thing about this place is there's no guarantees past Dylan Gabriel, right? You know,
0: yeah. Um, no, I I I agree with that. I don't know. I I'm I'm fascinated to see how it unfolds. You know, a lot of it is you just never know what what people value if staying close to home and. You know, uh, you know, the BYU system is, is obviously a big deal out there to, to them. I, maybe that is a big factor. I don't know. It, it just all depends on, on what you value, and we'll see. All right, quick time out. More from the Rush coming up. A couple of segments left. Stay tuned.
1: All right a couple more segments remaining. final hour of the rush right here on the ref. Keep the text coming on the air cover solutions text line six five one thirty four thirty nine Hey, real quick uh the text line told us to start watching Yellowstone about three weeks ago. Uh, they were right about that
0: oh really you've been getting into Dude, it
1: we've been watching like four and five episodes a night.
0: You still never watched old Henry
1: yeah, probably not now that um Yellowstone is I still got two seasons of that and then uh God uh Ozark starts on Friday. I'm gonna be a little bit backed up, buddy. Maybe here in a few months or so. Just do it. Just yeah. watch just watch Yellowstone. It's awesome. You
0: know, I tried. Just do it. And I it it didn't suck me in for some reason. Well
1: get past that first episode and then it will. Because I had a similar issue.
0: I feel like I watched maybe the first two or three episodes. I can't remember. I'll give it another try. <sighs> so, but... It's so good, man. Okay. So
1: good. Ty Darlington going to Florida. How about that? Good for him. Going to join... Uh, well, I guess that's... He's from Florida, isn't he? Yes, he is.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think that's I think that's a good spot for him. Got a chance to, to climb the ladder down there. Um, he did some good stuff at Oklahoma. Never heard anything bad. Always heard that he was... Fully involved, fully locked in, um, did a really good job for them. He did a really good job with Caleb Williams for the bowl prep. He was basically, uh, for lack of a better term, the quarterback coach uh, during the 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 bowl prep, and did a really good job with that. And Caleb went out and had his uh, probably his best game, uh, most consistent all around football game. So, good job. Uh, Excited for uh, for Tyler. I,
1: I in no way am I a Florida fan. Okay, I'd like to preface this comment. Okay, I do not, never really rooted for the Florida Gators. Oddly, though, I found myself like wanting Billy Napier and the staff to have success just because he was the head coach at Louisiana Louisiana Lafayette, right? Mm-hmm. And LSU had a job opening this past off season. Billy Napier had people reaching out to LSU. It wasn't the other way around, right? right? Billy Napier had, like, people reaching out to LSU. Like He wanted to be on Baton Rouge radio stations to get his name out there, basically begging and pleading LSU, hey, like, come on, guys, at least give me an interview. And LSU had this arrogant mentality of, oh, well, yeah, that's cute, but we're just not going to interview. There's no way we would hire the Louisiana Lafayette head coach down the street, so yeah, I guess I I would find it hilarious if they turn their nose up at Napier. He goes to Florida. Florida plays LSU every single year, and he just goes out there and dominates Brian right. Kelly every single season. I I'd find that pretty humorous.
0: That you know that's that's one angle on it, and the other angle is um after after Mullen's little run there. To see someone else come in there and have success and do it the right way and uh, carry themselves accordingly is is kind of a a shot at Mullen in his his little tenure there as well and uh, in, I don't know, but just thinking about it it would probably be better for the University of Oklahoma if the successful teams in the SEC were spread out. Like, if it wasn't super concentrated with Alabama and Georgia, right?
1: Or, like, the worst thing that could happen, and I don't – trust me, I don't think A&M's about to turn the corner or whatever. But right. the worst thing that could happen is LSU and A&M, along with Alabama, really get it together. You still have Auburn every five or six years, turning out a really good team. Right, Arkansas continues their upward trajectory there. Like there's there's some there's some bad case scenarios out there, but LSU and A and M really being consistent is the wor- the worst one.
0: Yeah, you you can't have everyone be good because they're all well. They could be good teams, but they're all going to be playing each other. So, you know, if if Florida. Tennessee and Kentucky and, and even South Carolina in the East uh, all continue to get better and spread the recruits out between all of them and same thing in the West if you know Alabama Arkansas A&M, Auburn all of those continue to have uh, a decent amount of success then you can spread maybe some of the, the talent out between those teams as well. think it could make the transition a little bit Easier now. You may win a bunch of games, but we're not trying to win games. We're trying to win the conference title. Right. And if you can just maybe raise the level of the lower and middle tier and lower the level of the elite tier, you may have a better shot at it.
1: It's gonna be it's gonna be weird, but it's gonna be awesome. Um, just talking about going to the SEC is exciting, um, even though with the challenge. Like next year's schedule, for example, for OU. Okay. Uh, UTEP and Kent State, you look right past that. And then it's like, okay, well, you get to play Nebraska again. That'll be a fun game. Uh, Kansas State, man. Great TCU, game. man. Okay, Texas and Dallas. And then, like, you get the point. Like, there's really only a game that gets you excited. Like, once every three to four weeks, something like that. And the <sighs> SEC, buddy, it's – it's
0: boom, near boom every boom.
1: Yeah, every single week it's like, ooh, okay, I, I, you got my attention here.
0: I don't know, man. Um, How about this? Coach Venables, what is it like being the head coach against Kansas State, the place where you played football? Uh, And then TCU, what is it like playing TCU in a conference game for the first time? Because, you know, Coach, the last time you were here, TCU was not in the Big 12, right?
1: What is it like (laughs) playing Texas for the first time as the head coach?
0: Get ready for it, baby. Here we go. A lot of a... It's going to be great. What's
1: it like? What's it like playing West Virginia for the first time since you've been at OU?
0: Do you think...
1: Right? No. mm, Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yes.
0: Texas Christian and West Virginia were not in the Big 12. Um, The
1: year after he left is when they joined.
0: Right. He was there, though, when that... Damn fullback, took that ball 70 yards for a touchdown. Owen
1: Schmidt from West Virginia? Yeah. Yeah, buddy. The guy that um, he, he head-butted. He did something in the NFL where he headbutted and he ran out with like a broken that nose. Was, he
0: did that before every game. Well... In college, he would head his helmet... Make his forehead bleed and then, like, lead the team out of the tunnel. I think,
1: as Pat McAfee told me last uh, or two years ago, that guy could drink a lot of beers, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I don't doubt that, no doubt about it. And I think he, I don't know if he still does, but at one point, he owned like a honky tonk live music uh bar in Morgantown. And I think, like, at one point, it was kept getting in trouble for fights and stuff. Big shock, right. Who could imagine? He's he
1: literally the person that we all thought he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
0: All right, quick time out. We'll come back and wrap the day up next. Stay tuned.